Universe, episode number 53. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. This is Greg Duncan. Mickey Gousset. And Paul Hacker. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the first show of 2013. Woo-hoo. Can you be- Where's my jetpack? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, your flying car. Where? I don't know. I don't have any jetpacks, no flying cars. And for the first time ever, in between episodes of Radio TFS, we actually didn't do um, an update to uh, Hosted, to visualstudio.com. For some bizarre reason, we decided doing an update on New Year's Eve was probably wasn't the wisest thing to do. You guys took the, week, the holidays off? What are you thinking? Come on now, Slacker. three weeks. Yeah. We were all busy working, so hopefully in the next week. <laughs> It'll be uh, something exciting for you to see on Hosted. But yeah, but thankfully, the uh, community seems to have been incredibly busy over the Christmas break. So hey, Greg, what, what news did you find? Well, the first one, you know, speaking of updates, um, Brian Harry did a post talking about uh, update number one. We, we've talked about in the past couple shows, you know, TFS 2012 update one. And uh, he posted a, a fairly, you know, transparent, like it sounded honest retrospective of the problems that they ran into and, um, you know, what they're learning on it. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, as I, I'm scanning through it again and, and going through it that I'm getting out of it is that, you know, I'm a, you know, we're a very small development shop. And sometimes I feel like, you know, I, you know, I, when I release something, I release a bug. Oh, I screwed up. Oh, I suck. You know, I, I'm lame. Microsoft is goober and all these other people are goober. And, you know, all these people have been doing it for a billion years and, and I suck. Well, you know what? We all suck, basically, is what it seems. Is what I'm getting that everybody runs into these problems. And that's what Brian, Brian is, is talking about here and saying even the biggest corporations, when you do something different, when you try something aggressive, you are going to learn and, and there's going to be potholes on it. Now, uh, Paul, you were you ran into some things with this uh, latest update. Well, I ran into the, one of the things that he documented um, already uh, that Brian documented, which is the permissions issue when you attach a collection. So I was moving a customer from RTM to update one, and or I'm sorry, RC to update one, and in the process of moving those collections and attaching them to the update one, uh, they security went you know downhill. Uh, they lost security rights and. Uh, and it was just a mess. Permissions were messed up. Um, and, and that's been documented by multiple customers. And I think it's a real serious issue um, that we ran into. Um, fortunately, we have a fix um, for now. Until January, when they put out a formal patch, um, we do have a workaround, I should say, not a fix, but a workaround in the meantime. And that workaround for me is to go from RC to RTM and from RTM to update one. And that appears to work um, without the issues that we ran into with the update one. Mm. So it's probably worth explaining. If you go to uh, tanyarl.com slash update one retro, it'll give you give you Brian's blog post. What, ba- yeah, what, he, what he was saying is we've been doing these updates to Hosted like every three weeks, and that's been going – we've got to a point now where we're really good at that, you know, uh, touch wood. Uh, we do these updates to Hosted, and occasionally we break stuff, but most of the time we don't. And even if we do break stuff, we can kind of fix it before anyone notices that we've broken stuff because we know before they do. But – we're then trying to take these updates and ship them in the box. And this update one is the first time we've done that. And we've learned a lot from it. You know, we, we, the, the complexity of all the different installations people have out there, um, the test matrix that that gives you is just unbelievable. And basically it's actually impossible to test every single configuration that there is out there. And the only way you can do it is by having some form of customer testing as well. But you can't have customer testing unless you have customers able to use it in production. But none of the CTPs we had of the updates 
gave you gave you the ability to run them in production. So there's another problem. And then trying to get people to upgrade their server once every three months is a big enough deal. You know, trying to get people to upgrade from TFS 2008 to TFS 2012 is hard enough. Never mind be on the very bleeding edge build of the server. So yeah, it's a it's a challenge. It's one we've definitely got to learn from. But I really, I did want to say um, while we have had a few errors and. Brian's documented them, and we're definitely not happy. Uh, you know, we definitely there are things we can definitely do better with our on-premise updates. Um, I think one of the things that is good is that we are trying to roll out those features, you know, to customers that want them. So I think that's that's good. And also, uh, I was looking at some metrics from you know we were looking at like how um, installs are going nowadays, and you wouldn't you, you remember you. Did you install TFS two thousand and five, Greg? Um, oh. I, I know, I know, Mickey and Paul definitely. Did. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and I remember how much I remember trying to install the TFS two thousand and five instance that we were going to use in production for Team Prize, and it took me like five goes. I had to completely <laughs> trash the box like five times, and I'd already installed TFS like ten times. You know, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think one of the uh, one of the um, like criteria for for joining for actually advertise for coming to work at team prize was it was it was you had to be a java developer and you had to successfully you had to have successfully installed tfs once (laughs) (laughs) and that like ruled out so many people that they ended up employing me from the opposite end of the world so yeah i was looking at some uh, metrics and the number of successful installations is you know a ridiculously high percentage and things like that and so we're able to now install on all these amazing different configurations and permutations and things. So we just have to figure out how to make sure we upgrade properly, I think. So, yeah. But it's, it, apart from that, it's fine. Has anyone actually done the uh, update? You've done some update one installations then, Paul? Yeah, I have. I'm actually doing one tonight, actually, for another customer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I've done them. And for the most part, they go pretty good. There's There's no really you know, huge issues I've run into. Um, I will say there's one other thing I've ran into, which um, I don't know that many people are going to run into this, but going from beta to update one is not possible. You have to basically go from beta to RTM to update one, um, which I didn't know about, but there's a blog post out there. I'm not sure where, but if you look around, you'll find it. But for people that are still in the beta or, you know, playing with it for whatever reason and want to go to update one, um, it's not possible until you go to RTM first. But other than that, um, like I said, I have done the update one installs, and they, for the most part, they're going pretty good. So why? I mean, I know that Visual Studio update installs have been going very successfully as well. So, but why would you consider upgrading somebody to update one? What's in update one that you want? You know, that you think is worth people upgrading to? Would you just like to be on the very latest bits? Most of my customers want to just be on the latest bits. They haven't come out and said, um, "I want to be on update one because." Um, most of them are, they're coming from a 2010 environment um, and they've basically wanted 2012 to be out there in the, in the wild for a little bit um, before they, they did their install um, or upgrade. And so um, I've noticed just two, two, two camps, one fresh installs and we're using update one or the upgraders just wanted to wait till it was in the wild and then now they're upgrading to the latest bits because they want to be most current. Uh, I will say though, I have a couple of customers that are actually questioning the whole rapid deployment process that Microsoft's come up with this cadence of three months, you know, and, and, and the, the way you have to go about doing an upgrade is basically like reinstalling TFS. You know what I mean? Um, and it's not just a patch that you apply. Uh, and so I've gotten some questions about why is it like that and things like that. But, but other than that, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's been going good. 
I'd be interested to hear from the listeners as well about this. You know, if you want to email radiotfs at gmail.com or give us a call on uh, 425-233-8379. It's an interesting balancing act we've got between, because obviously we are rolling out updates to hosted every three weeks. So we've got one camper customers that's saying, um, hey, when are we going to get these updates in our on-premise installation? Because we really like this feature or that feature. And then when we've got the other camp, they're like, whoa, hold on there. You know, and my answer to those guys is quite often, you don't need to install the updates. But, you know, that doesn't seem to be, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to be an acceptable answer. So, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what the listeners think. Paul, is the concern that, like you said, you have to uninstall the weird kind of, you have to uninstall TFS and then reinstall the new one. And that just seems kind of scary versus if you if there was just an upgrade in place, a, a patch that would make them a little bit less apprehensive. Yeah, I, that's exactly it, Greg. Um, we do. We have customers that are just—they're scared to uninstall. They yeah. don't know what's going to happen with their systems, and especially the customers that have physical boxes where you can't snapshot it. Um, those are the folks that are really scared. Yeah, I, and, and I, I agree that that always was makes makes me feel, you know, fr- from my side as, as an end user line of business guy, you know, it just seems weird. You get over it. I think after like the first time or the first couple of times, but it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I hear you. It's mm. mm. interesting. How about anything else, Paul? It's been coming up. Any other news you've seen? Well, yeah. Um, actually a friend of mine, Shai Rayton, um, he's out of Israel. He's an MVP, um, uh, in the ALM space. So a lot of us know him and you guys have probably met him. Um, Shai's been working with Git TFS, the Git TF tool. Um, and that basically allows you to work with Team Foundation Server and Git uh, integration. And what's really cool is actually I went out of my complete development world and I actually was asked to demo to Java users and iOS developers um, using Git TF, using the Eclipse plugin, um, using all these different tools that I normally wouldn't demo or use on a regular basis with my customers. But this Git TF tool was really cool, and it actually works really well. And I was able to integrate it with my hosted account that I have, and it just worked. It was really nice. And, and then to go from like an iOS um, environment to be able to work with with it and have my stuff stored in TFS and see this stuff in there and be able to take advantage of um you know, all that capabilities there was really cool. And the fact that it worked really nice and it was real simple to install, you basically get it, you set up a variable path, an environment variable path. Um, And again, if you go to tinyurl.com slash gittf, Shai explains how to do all that for those of you that have never done that. Um, But it's it's really, it just worked really well. I was really happy with it. Surprise. Cool. Well, that's interesting. I'm glad to get that feedback. It's one of the um, really interesting things as well. Is it's actually you know a kind of proper open source project that my team work on. It's um, all the sources out there in Coplex. We you know take pull requests that we contribute in. We then do a you know stick a, stick a new build out there. And this is the, I know that they're working on taking some of the pull requests that are currently in and you know batching them up and doing another release pretty soon. So yeah, it's really. Really pleased to see that the guys found it easy enough to use. There's been a few bits of feedback, obviously, because it, I think people found it a bit odd that it uses uses Java. Yeah. <laughs> and that's surprising and odd and slightly cool. But, um, yeah, obviously, uh, the the lineage behind the tool and the fact it's kind of built one of the key 
places where it was built for was to help the Xcode developer, you know, be able to use Git locally in Xcode and then just push up changes to TFS whenever they want to. So exactly, cool. exactly. Yeah, that's what I was demoing. It was really cool. Great. What about you, Mickey? It's good to have you back on the show. We haven't spoken to you for a bit. Yes, I've been in hiding. We've well, been busy doing lots of system center stuff, I heard. Yes, in my day job, I now do a lot more system center than I do development, so I'm slowly becoming an IT pro. Don't hold that against me. Oh, but I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things, though, that that's, you should know about from, a, from an IT pro perspective or from a monitoring perspective with your TFS is you want to make sure your TFS stays up and running and is healthy. And Microsoft's the system center family of products is designed to help you know, monitor your infrastructure as well as be able to automate things in your infrastructure. Well, System Center Operations Manager is, is Microsoft's product for monitoring the servers and the computers and the other, you know, items in your environment. And there's now a, a management pack out there that allows Operations Manager to monitor Team Foundation Server 2012. So there have been previous management packs for, for TFS 2010, but they've released one now for 2012 that monitors all the different components of TFS, such as your application tier instances, your project collections, your build servers, your, your proxy servers. And you can find more information about this. Um, there's actually one Microsoft MVP, uh, Mohammed Rodwin, who's written up a short little blog post about the management pack itself, which you can find at tinyurl.com slash scom tfs that's s-c-o-m-t-f-s and he's got a little layout of some of the basics of what the management pack can do but it's a free management pack if you're using operations manager to monitor other you know applications in your environment then it's worth going and uploading this management pack and using it to start to monitor your scom environment has anybody have you guys actually used this yet in like the real world I have not. I have used the 2010 in my test environment a couple of years ago, but I've not tried the 2012 uh, manager pack yet. Yeah, same here. I haven't tried the 2012. We're actually going that direction, but we haven't actually implemented it yet. And there's, been, that's not that the, the TFS um, management pack has been the issue. It's been more of an issue with um, System Center. Um, but that's that's something that's technical. We can get over. And we're going right. to implement it. Do you, so do you guys use System Center, you know, to monitor all the virtual machines that you have running over um, SAS Made Easy and things like that? Yeah, we do use System Center for that. And we also have another tool that um, some of our folks use um, it, because it's just a quicker tool. It's like a, a snapshot of your system, whereas with System Center, you can go in and you can see a lot of in-depth information. This one is basically just a little, a little tool that lets you just snapshot your environment. But, yeah, we use SCOM for... For a lot of things, we use um, configure. Um, Who's it? Um, not uh, System Center Operations Manager, Configuration Manager. We're implementing that too. Cool. Hey, Mickey. It sounds like that's an ideal time to lead into our sponsor shout out while we're talking about made Easy. Yes, it is. Episode fifty-three of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's www.sasmadeeasy.com. Or email them at sales at sasmadeeasy.com. Now, back to the show. Oh, you're annoyingly good at that, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. There he is. Oh, this is anyway, Greg, what have you, what you, you been up to? Um, what have you found? 
Well, you guys know, all the listeners out there know, you know, uh, my feelings about Visual Source Safe and the fact that, you know, there are still entirely too many instances of it out there and that there are now tools that make it much easier to upgrade it. And so when I saw this post again by Mohammed Radwan, uh, it was this is like he was on a tear. You guys, you, you listeners out there, you need to go to his blog um, and you can get it via the tinyurl.com BS. 2TFS for this specific post, and that'll lead you to his other posts. He, he was seriously on a tear in the last couple of weeks. He's been doing the, the SOCOM stuff, the upgrade to source safe stuff. He's a- announcing some training things that he's doing. If you guys are in the TFS space and you're interested, subscribe to his blog. But anyway, he was talking about the upgrading uh, Visual Source Safe to Team Foundation Server, and he does a pictorial walkthrough. And we've talked about the tool. Uh, that was released to make it happen, but he makes this a, even easier to do. You know, the tool is pretty easy to use, but he makes it like brain dead easy to get started with it. Uh, you know, if you if you're like me and you like the click 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 and the picture 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 kind of documentation with a bunch of arrows, you know, <coughs> making it dummy proof, this post is for you for doing that upgrade. Cool. And the the thing I love about the upgrade was is, is you can even take a a source safe database and stick it right up into hosted. You can it just works straight against the hosted instances as well. So you can have like really ancient history on the very 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 latest build of TFS. It's crazy. And with the upgrade tool for source safe, you don't actually have to have source safe installed on the computer you're using to do the upgrade. No. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't need that anymore. It's brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, you don't need to even. You don't need to go through and have. You know how you used to have to set up like those user mapping XML yeah, files right. and all that rubbish. You don't need to do that anymore. It just figures it out and it sticks in the right username and it just works. It's really, really good. They've done a great job this time around. Nice. Yeah. So hey, um, one thing. I, one thing they've also done a great job this time around is the. You know the new Team Explorer. They've done um, a really interesting job on the extensibility front, and um, again, probably shouldn't promote the book too much but the uh, the the Pro- professional team foundation server 2012 book is on sale right now <laughs> as we speak as you're listening to this show and um it's um in that there was there's a section in there about extending um team explorer and i couldn't find any documentation on it so i went back to the team and especially a guy called chad bowles who, who basically wrote the new Team Explorer object model and was saying, hey, Chad, how do we extend this? Because a bunch of the reviewers of a book really wanted to know how to extend Team Explorer now. And he's like, okay, I'll do a sample. And so um, he did a sample, uh, which he's posted up at um, tinyurl.com slash extendtf. Uh, so if you go there, you'll get a post that he's, he's done and he's got a you know, complete worked example with all the code and a good readme and the object models all laid out for you there. And he shows the different sections and pages and links and all sorts of things and it's really cool you can just basically you can hook into any part of the team explorer page you can stick in your own sections there you can stick in your own navigation links you can extend other people's pages you can add your own page and it's really interesting um extension model not only that if you um if you're interested in that if you go along to the um tfs sdk for java you can do exactly the same extensions to the object model but you, you know the same extensions you can do in visual studio you can do also as eclipse plugins if you wanted to extend eclipse and have your your integration work both you know on visual studio and in eclipse and that's perfectly possible using a very very similar object model over on the eclipse side so that's tinyurl.com/extendtf awesome so speaking of upgrading to TFS 2012 update one, 
uh, Paul, there was another article that you were interested in. Uh... Yeah, actually. So um, <clears throat> Martin Hinshelwood, another MVP of ours, and uh, a lot of you know him as Mr. Hinch. Um, he blogs like crazy. He's like um, uh, our friend Mohammed there. He just, you know, he's always blogging and he's always real detailed in what he does. And so he's basically set up a blog post on updating, uh, going to update one of TFS 2012 in production. And he's laid out this awesome blog post with pictorial and, you know, step-by-steps and checklists and gotchas and all kinds of things to look out for while you're doing it. And, um, and, and not only the server, but actually the build servers, too. Uh, and so um, go on over to his um, post, which is uh, tinyurl.com slash up to date one. That's up to update one. And um, and check it out because I think it's a really it's a really great um, resource for people who don't want to uh, enlist the services of a provider or a consultant, uh, somebody who can help you out who's been around the bushes a few times. Here's somebody who's done it and it can help you out maybe if you want to do it yourself and try tackling it on your own. Cool. Never mind update one though. I, I still know plenty of people that are still on TFS 2010. So Mickey, what's what's why should people go to TFS 2012 at all? Why should people like our one of our own co-hosts, Greg Duncan, <laughs> upgrade to TFS 2012? Well, I mean, there's a lot of good reasons, obviously, to upgrade to TFS 2012, which you could read about in the book Professional Application Lifecycle <laughs> Management with Visual Studio 2012 Ultimate. However. Wow. This show brought to you by. That. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. <laughs> However, actually, though, in all seriousness, though, one of my actual favorite features in 2012 is the newly revamped Team Explorer. And Mohammed again, has a great blog post out there on what's new and different in the Team Explorer. Now, you can see this blog post at tinyurl.com slash new2012te. That's N-E-W. 2012TE. And in his blog post, he does a detailed talk about what's new in Team Explorer. The Team Explorer window um, in 2005 and 2008 and 2010 was pretty much the same thing, every, the same kind of window with a little of enhancements every time. In it was written by Brian Ricky? So yes. Sorry. That window, most of that code was actually written by Brian Harry as well, by the way. Oh, so well, that explains it. <laughs> a, lot, a lot, significant chunk of it was, I seem to remember. So yeah, they ripped it all out this time around. But they ripped it out, basically did a rip and replace with this brand new 2012 Team Explorer window, where they took a lot of the functionality that was happening in Visual Studio, where you had multiple windows opening, like a pending changes window, or, or things like that, and they just encapsulated it all in this same. Now this one Team Explorer window. So you think of the Team Explorer window now. It now has pages in it, and you can go to different pages on the Team Explorer window, such as they have a work items page, a pending changes page. They have a builds page. Um, but what's nice is that I like about it, and you can read this blog post. I mean there's a ton of functionality there, is I like having all of that functionality, though, in this one window. So I'm not dealing with modal windows that are keep opening on top of me. I'm not dealing with, oh, well, let me go find this window that just opened over here in another tab somewhere over here in Visual Studio. So one of the one of the pages that I really like the most is the My Work page, because the My Work page shows me, you know, the work items I'm supposed to be working on, what I've been doing. It's just, it's a really good way for me to be able to come in as a developer and select that link and be able to see, okay, here's what I'm supposed to be working on. 
So I, I love it. But the, there's so much to, to, to we could talk about. We could do a whole episode talking about just the, the new Team Explorer. Cool. And I say, uh, and as all that stuff's exposed in the object model, um, it's also available, you know, from the .NET object model as well as the Java object model, which is pretty cool. And another one of our MVPs, um, Jeff Bramwell, he's done a, a great blog post. Um, you do a lot of articles over at MSDN, Mickey, and, and Jeff's done a good one too, uh, tinyurl.com slash MSDN TFS client, where he uh, he's talking about how to use the version control parts of the TFS object model uh, API, which is actually a, is when I see people wanting to use the .NET API, there's you know it's, it's usually either the doing some version control stuff that they want to do and they don't want to wrap the command line, uh, they want to do it all from the object model, or they want to talk to work items. So they're the two most common use cases I ever see. So we try and have plenty of samples there, but Jeff's done a great job and gone in and actually um, actually documented it. So yeah, worth checking out if you want to learn more about how to do something with version control from the API. So that's tinyurlcom slash MSDN TFS client. Well, guys, we're about here at the end of the show. Any anything? Any last thoughts before we wrap up? I've missed you, all <laughs> of you, and we all the too, listeners Mickey. out there too. So they need to send us comments and questions at radiotfs at gmail dot com or call us at four two five two two four two five two three three eight three seven nine. Oh, you're great. You really are good. Fantastic. <laughs> it's good to be back. Happy New Year, everybody. All right, it's good. I hope everybody has a good 2013. And uh, thank you very much for your time. And we'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS. Radio TFS.